controls. Right, we're in. Yes, Waltz, how are we doing? Welcome to uh, welcome to In The Box. Uh, thanks for coming on, mate. Uh, first of all, mate, how you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm surviving, as we all right. are. I was going to yeah. say, how are, you, um, how are you dealing with the boredom? Uh, you know, I have you down as someone who would, uh, you know, struggle to be a... Uh, yeah, no, I've had the little and homeschooling, so it keeps me busy during the day. But it's just like on a night and stuff, you know, and you pop out the house for a couple of hours, does me. And I've even started running outdoors and that. <laughs> <laughs> how, how is Poppy, mate? It's all right, mate. She's um, she started, we did long division this week, so yeah, it's been a tough week, but yeah, oh, she's really? all right. What, it's probably been tougher for you than it has for her, I reckon. <laughs> Oh, no, it's been a while since I did long division, but yeah, it's, uh, she's all right, mate. She's good as gold. She's um, she's still they're quite innocent to everything at the minute, so of course, of course, of course. Try to keep as much normality going as possible. Exactly, exactly. So I just put my time on there, make sure I don't overrun. Right, yeah. So listen, mate. Thanks for coming on. Like I say, was keen to get something like this going, especially with uh, you know the, 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 all the boredom that people are going to be suffering at the minute at home and. No, people love this sort of thing. Your team's, uh, uh, you sent me over your team, head of the team. Um, let's get down to it, mate. Start off. Who do we have in goal? Yeah, I tried not to name drop too much. I have gone on actual players that like... Yeah, I was going to ask, actually, before, before we start, before we get started, because this is what I've asked people when, I, uh, when I've been doing this, before, we go, uh, name the before you name your team, I like to ask them, like, what have you looked for? Have you generally gone for, like, you know, the best 11 you could put out there. Have you thought about it? Because obviously we know that you've had a taste of like, player management already. Have you, have you thought about it with like a manager's head on? Like, have you actually, or have you just gone, like, you know what, just film me, put, put as many star-studded names in there as possible? No, I've picked like a team. I've even put a player, you'll see, there's a player who's playing out position, but he has played there before. So I've actually, <laughs> I've actually picked a team and like, I've got my manager's head and I've started fitting people, what is it, square pegs in round holes and all that's that it, sort mate. of Now, listen, that's, um, that's what we want to hear, to be fair, because, you know, like a lot of people just pick their mates and they don't upset them. But no, it sounds like you took it seriously. So, yeah. in goal, mate, who's sorry. in goal? Who's in goal? Nigel Martin. Um, he was probably unfortunate at the time not to be England's number one for longer. It was between him and David Seaman. Um, yeah. And then I, played, I was lucky to play with him towards the end of his Leeds career um, before yeah. he went on to Everton. But not only for how good he was as a goalkeeper, but just as a person as well, which is kind of what I've gone through most of my team. You've got to be a, a half-decent person as well. But he was, especially me being a young lad, he was superb. But as a goalkeeper, he was, he was top draw. Um, like I said, he was coming to this latter stages but mate he was some goalkeeper and then he had Paul Robinson pushing him and then obviously Robbo came through so it was a toss up between those two actually yeah. and because of because of Big Nigel and how much uh, how good he was as a person and especially for me just starting coming through I, I went with him as my number one Cool yeah no no I didn't that I remember him obviously uh, when I was Young, so I watching football. I look, I was a bit of homework early. Played 23 times for England as well, and you know that was uh, during the spell when you know they were pretty rich with goalkeepers uh, in the England team as well. So yeah, must have been a hell of a keeper. And like you say, uh, looked after you off the pitch. So that's good. Goalkeeper out of the way. We will start off at right back. There's a theme going through my team. You'll probably notice there'd be no surprise to you. There's a lot of Leeds players and ex Leeds players. <laughs> um, my right back is probably. Along with another player in my team, I would say one of the most underrated players 
in English football for the last 20 years. Um, Gary oh, Kelly. Okay. Gary Kelly played for the Leeds first team for 20 years, which again, he was kind of in the Gary Neville mould. Obviously, Gary Neville's um, had a hell of a career and probably won a lot more with regards to trophies. But yeah. I think they came through at a similar time. There were similar types of players. And again, Kells as a person, not just a player, was was different class. He played for Leeds during all types of situations. He was captain when they were in the Champions League semi-final. And then he played with donuts like me when we were in the championship. So <laughs> he, he's, been through, he's been through it all and he's seen it. And to play at the level that he played at for 20 years, um, and he'll tell you, he wasn't the most professional of guys um, by oh, any yeah. stretch. <laughs> he, um, but when it came to football, he, he was... He was one of the most dedicated winners that I've played with. But again, my little theme as a person towards me and my family at the time, he was he was top draw. But to have had the career that he had, he was like I said, he was he was on a par with Gary Neville. They were similar players, similar type, and they probably yeah. played a similar amount of games. But obviously, Genev probably won a, a few more trophies. A few more trophies, yeah. No, because I was going to ask that when when I looked at your team and I see him in there. I was actually surprised that you'd played with him because I remember him like Gary Kelly from like you know being a real youngster watching the Premier League and like he was obviously different class and stuff and you know I'm still picturing him with the, the old old Leeds kit on and stuff. And yeah. I, was, I was actually surprised that you'd played with him, but I looked. I think it was something like he made 531 like just league appearances. So I mean, yeah. he must have made yeah, he must have made over 700 games. I mean, he's got to be up there with one of the probably you know certainly of your generation as, as probably the, the biggest Leeds legend around, isn't he? He is, mate. I, it was funny because it came up after I'd spoke to you. There was obviously the playing the old Premier League years every day at the minute. And yeah, he yeah, was, cool. he, he set up, there was a Leeds game on it. He set up one of the goals. I think it was 93, 94 season. Bear in mind, I was, was I nine at the time or whatever, eight, nine? Yeah. And then to play with him all those years later, he'd not changed, still bombed up and down the right wing, put right. in the cross. He was a, he was a crosser of a baller and an old school fullback. But yeah, he was, um, he was just a top geezer as well. Like off the pitch, he'd arrange nights out, team dinners, always looked after families, invited you around his house. And ah, quality. He, he was a hell of a character, but he was Irish, so he was going to be one. <laughs> exactly that. Yeah, because I see as well, he's, uh, he, he was the uncle of Ian Hart, right? That, is yeah, that true? That is true, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, the, there were total opposites with regards to kind of players. Hart, he was just a... A very good technical. We had absolute a wand, wand. Yeah. absolute wand, um, and he was a player who was very unfortunate to be left out of my team. But them two, <laughs> as as people and as players, they were they were top draw. They played for years together. Yeah. I was, was going to say that's crazy. That's crazy yeah. that one family can produce probably two of the best fullbacks of a club like Leeds have ever had as well. <laughs> and they're both very underrated. I mean, Harty never gets mentioned because he was never the quickest, but his left foot was a wand. But yeah, for them two to come from the same family and play right back and left back in some of the last years. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, I remember I remember playing against uh, Ian Hart when he dropped down the leagues to like Carlisle and I've never seen a left foot like it to be honest. Especially up like uh, you know, like watching it live, you know. Crazy. Yeah, mate. Right. But he's not in your team. You have gone for at left back. Uh <laughs> Who have you gone for? The most underrated player in Premier League history I'm going for. And I know you're going to laugh at me, um, but I've stuck him out here because I've gone for a midfielders who are generally just out-and-out midfielders. But being able to put this player in this position pretty much sums him up. He would have been in my top two or three picks anyway, but I've fitted him in cool. and it's James Milner. 
James uh, Milner. He's in at left back. Yeah, he would he would have been what a couple of years above you coming through at Leeds. He was a couple of years above me. We played in youth teams together, youth cups, and lucky enough got to play just before he got his move and went on to bigger and better things. I was lucky enough to play uh, in the first team with him. And again, just for what he's done and what he's achieved and the person that he is, he's just you, there's nothing else you can say. What <laughs> There's nothing more I can say and add to him that people don't already know. His character, his desire, his professionalism. He's still going now. He'll play. I could have put. I could have picked him in goal. That's how good he was. <laughs> yeah, I've got, to, I've got to say, like, because um, I'm going to come in for some grief, by the way. And I've already mentioned this on because he's made another one of my t- uh, teams of boys who I've done it with. Because um, yeah. I, I, I made a mistake of, you know, listen, look, I'm like what you said. There's nothing you can say about him in terms of the career he's had and stuff. But you know, I got some stick from saying it to a few of my friends before that, you know, like he probably wasn't like God. He wasn't necessarily given like the most uh, most ability from like god given ability but he's made the most of everything he's had like obviously my mates then come back and he was like oh you're absolutely talking waffle because you know he was in the league team at such a young age and stuff like that but the point i was trying to make was that like look i've played with players who have been had like crazy amounts of ability but just haven't had the application like i remember when i was at crawley the first time before i played there with you our fitness coach used to work for man city and he was talking about the fitness and stuff and I think I was, I was doing a session with him, so I probably weren't, probably weren't the best example. But, <laughs> but what he, he was telling me about, like, how, like, his fitness levels were just, his fitness levels were that so much better than other players that it allowed him to, like, you know, probably go on to have the career that he's had. Yeah, without a doubt. He was, don't get me wrong, he's probably technically better than people give him credit for because his main attributes are his, probably his attitude and his fitness. Exactly. As a kid, yeah. As a kid growing up, he was a winger. He was a tricky, creative winger, but his pace yeah. and power um, kind of got him there. So it was, people do underestimate his actual technical ability because his other attributes probably outweigh it. But honestly, yeah. just watching him, being able to watch him grow up, and he was always the kid that you he were aspiring to. to like, yeah. Yeah. You went in with you, you've been there, your end of season reviews with your coaches under 14s, 15s, James <laughs> Milner. James Milner's name always got mentioned, and rightly yeah. so. Don't get me yeah, wrong, yeah. he's, he's right. what every young player should have been. And if if we were all like James Milner, it would be a different story. But yeah, but just exactly. See, that, him, see, that's 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 that's, that's, the, that's the that's exactly the point I was trying to make to my pals. And listen, now now that you've said that, they'll probably give me even more stick now. Do you know what I mean? Because I think it's probably a drunken night when I claimed I was better than him. But We've had this. <laughs> Many a time. We've had this. I forgot, you know what? I actually totally before. forgot that I used to, I, I, actually, I totally forgot that I used to have this uh, discussion with you. But listen, they they listen, they already give me enough stick about that anyway. So I'll, I'm happy to take that on the chin anyway. Uh, uh, listen, nothing absolute what what hell of one hell of a player and like I say, he's still probably not not just getting a game, but he's he's still an integral part of you know, probably the best team in Europe at the minute, you know. So absolutely goes to show. Yeah. Right, centre off. This was tough. This was probably my toughest actual position on the pitch to pick two. Well, sorry, take that back. To pick one was easy. To pick the other one, because as horrible as this sounds, centre-halves are just steady. So for the <laughs> ones that I've played for, to, to pick one to have gone, wow, he was outstanding, was tough. So I, I went through a few. The one that stood out that was always going to get in my team and would be my captain is Lucas Radibi. Yeah, um, another Leeds legend who played for many, many years. Again, he was signed in '93, '94, whenever it was, and then I played in the first team with him 
Um, yeah. But again, just as an underrated player. I mean, it's it's out there. It's not no secret. Man United, Sir Alex Ferguson tried to sign him three times, I think, and he turned really, him down yeah. three times. Wow. He was again. He was injured. He had a lot of injuries, bad injuries. Um, he was shot as a kid in. South yeah, you know Africa. what? I was going to ask about that. Like, they said that he was. Sh- yeah, he was shot in South Africa back in South Africa, right? Yeah, um, as a kid playing, um, he's he's been through a lot. I mean, I don't, I don't want to delve in, but he signed at the same time as another South African filmer singer who unfortunately has passed away now. Um, his wife was really ill and unfortunately she passed away a few years ago. So for him to have gone through what he's gone through, I still see him doing his charity work and stuff in South Africa. He was just a... Anyone who... you If you haven't played with him or been in his company, you probably wouldn't appreciate him. Yeah. But when you, if you ask players who played with him, even the top ones, not just people yeah. like me, you ask the top players who played with him, they will, they won't speak highly enough of him just because of the person that he was. But yeah. he was a hell of a player. Yeah. One thing that he was, which probably you've seen in me that I got brought up, he will two foot anyone in training. If <laughs> you, he, he was the nicest guy, but he would two foot you in training. He would never lose, never ever lose. He was my a big first, boy. He was a big boy as well, wasn't he? He was massive um, and he was strong, he was powerful, he was quicker than people think. Did he, but he was, Did he play? He, was, he right. knew his limits, he knew his yeah. limits, um, but he was, he was steady and comfortable. And that's a Man United try to sign three times. Um, yeah. He played in goal at Old Trafford, kept a clean sheet as well. So. I actually remember that because that's just how mad of, I was probably about Man United then. Yeah, I think the keeper got injured early doors. Uh, I think it was after about 10 minutes. We were 1-0 down and we lost 1-0, but he kept a clean sheet for 8 minutes. I can picture minutes. him in the kit. I can actually picture him in the kit. So, no, he, listen, he sounds like a, yeah, a bit yeah. of a ledge there. Right, the next pick to go alongside him is a surprising one because it's not a Leeds player. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not a Leeds player, exactly. Um, so he must have I, been good, mate. He must have been very good. <laughs> there was ones I could have name-dropped. I played, like, a few minutes with, like, I'm going to name-drop anyway, like, Jonathan Woodgate. I trained with Rio a couple of times, so I could have dropped them in, but I'm not going to because I'm not that guy. Um, but I have gone, it was a toss-up in the end um, between Michael Mancien and Craig Kafka, and I went for Craig Kafka. Um cool. Another one, because he came alone to Plymouth when I was at Plymouth. He'd never played the man's game. He'd come from Man United. Uh, my old youth team coach, Warren Joyce, was at Man United and I still spoke to him and he said, this kid's going to be good. And lo and right. behold, he came in. He was very quiet. Northern Irish lad, real quiet lad, nice lad. But on the pitch, he was, like I said, it was first time in men's football. He'd come and Plymouth in the championship then, towards the top end. And he just... Yeah. It was the first few games, you think, wow, who's this kid? Like, I was only young myself at the time, I was only 22, but I remember thinking, wow, this, kid, this kid's getting decent. And he, he played the whole season. I think he got our player of the year, player, player of the year. Yeah. And then he, he, he's gone on to have a, a hell of a career. But just for how he was, he was so relaxed and composed. And he was just one of those centre-halves who didn't, he was never really last-ditch. Um, he weren't the quickest, but he weren't last-ditch. He didn't have to make sliding tackles here, there and everywhere. He just, he was such a calm, composed defender. And he must have only been 19, maybe, wow. when he played at Plymouth. And yeah. for that whole season, he was he was unbelievable. Um, yeah. And again, Mans was the same, uh, Michael Mancien. It was close, but I think Craig, just because of the career he's had since then, is still playing every week in the Premier League now. Or yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, he's... 
I've I've gone with Craig, but he would be the um, yeah. You need a leader at the back, and he's not necessarily a leader in regards of his voice. So that's why I've picked other players around him. But mm-hmm. he was he was very very good. Yeah, no, he's he's smooth, isn't he? For a centre half, like, I remember, like I, I used to obviously I'm big follower of Man United. And I remember watching him come through there, and even you know when he I think he played a few cup games and stuff. He was he was a smooth player, wasn't he? Yeah, he was just everything was just. Calm, composed. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. even in his life, he was just so laid back. He was like, he just wouldn't say he wasn't bothered, but when he got on the pitch, everything was just. He defended well, he headed and kicked, but everything just looked easy for him. He made everything look simple, and he's gone on to have a have a half decent career. Exactly, mate. And to be fair, you know what? Double bubble, really. One, he didn't play for Leeds, and two, he played for Man United. So he must, <laughs> you, he, he must have made an impression on you to make it your team there. <laughs> I didn't think that. Yeah, I didn't think that. But yeah, um, yeah. He's, he's the only one now. He's the only one. He's the only one. All right. Yeah. Where did you play with Mansion, by the way? I played with Mans. Uh, he came alone to QPR, and I played with him growing up. Every England team going up to twenty ones, but he was an absolute Rolls Royce for player. But I remember he was. Um, he was. Uh, he was. You know, there's a lot. Of, he was very. He was hyped when he when he was younger. There's a lot of talk about him. I think the thing with why I didn't pick Mans' centre-half is because when he, came, he played everywhere, he played right-back quite a bit for QPR, he did play centre-half, he played centre-midfield a couple of times, so I've seen him play all over, but he makes the bench, but he didn't quite make my starting eleven. Yeah, You know what, I was going to mention, uh, I was going to ask there as well, you mentioned that Warren Joyce, because um, to be fair, I, uh, I, never, I must not have ever spoke to you about that, but I remember seeing uh, Paul Scholes do an interview about his comeback, and he gives that yeah. Warren Joyce like, a, quite a big mention that he says, I'm sure it's, it's got to be the same guy because he's a reserve manager of Man United and he says that like he said like he gets his, his team to like proper like he said he has them really fit. Yeah, he was he And he was I what your youth team manager? Yeah, I had him under 17s, 18s, and he was um he was how do I put it? He was very old school but new school at the same time. Like he wasn't a one of those he made you run, you ran, you didn't the balls were gone you ran in pre-season you did your 400s 800s yeah cross countries and you had to be fit um but at the same time as a coach football coach he was he was different he was different class and obviously he's gone on he's had big jobs since then and i thought he'd do better in his actual first team management career than what he did um obviously he went to wigan didn't quite work out for him yeah yeah um but with regards to, again, he's another one you speak to. I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> but if you spoke yeah. to the Man United players and that, yeah. I'm sure they'd, they'd tell you how good of a coach he was. And he's, yeah. he's had a massive, massive input at that, at that club, unfortunately. But yeah, he's... Um, <laughs> yeah, no, he's I just thought he went to, um, I nearly went to Royal Antwerp with him. He went to Ro- Man United, sent him to Royal Antwerp because they were yeah. a feeder club. He had like Danny Simpson, Fraser Campbell. Yeah. They used to send quite a few boys out there, like John O'Shea and all that went out there. Yeah, they? they all went out there and they put him there and then obviously he came back and worked wonders at Man United. But I'm not sure what he's doing now, to be honest. But yeah, he was he's right up there as my top coaches. Yeah, no, I thought I'd just ask for that, to be fair. Right, moving on to your midfield. Now, four quality players, mate, but I'm not sure what sort of shape you're going for here. <laughs> not either. I've just picked four. <laughs> oh, you're, you're going for it for either. Right, so I've gone four four two. Standard Mike Bassett four four two. My left winger's an inverted left wing. He's actually a centre midfielder, but when I played with him, he got shifted out to the left quite a lot because I played in the middle with another lad. So I put him on the left, but in my team, I'll be telling him to come inside. Right, go on, we'll start off. We'll start off with him. Then we'll come. From, we'll work our way from the left hand side. So I've gone on the left for Mark Noble. 
Um, mobile, okay. We signed on loan for Ipswich on the same day, um, literally on the same day, and made our debut the day after. Um, and we had a brilliant time there, um, on and off the pitch. There was a great group of young lads, a lot of young players. We were flying at the time. Um, I think by the time we both left, Ipswich were third or fourth in the league. They had a good young team. Nobes got recalled, went back to West Ham. The rest is history. I got recalled, went back to Charlton. The rest is history. <laughs> so, <laughs> we, we've, had a, we've had different career paths, shall we say. But yeah, so he plays on the left for me because we, when I played, we had a four-man midfield. Again, uh, Jimmy Jill, we had a four-man midfield, but it was very fluid, I think, the coaching terms. But Noves would always start on the left. Um, Obviously, you could never imagine me starting on the left, I'm sure. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nose would always play left of a four and drift in. And then we had another lad, Gavin Williams, who kind of played a bit of a free roll. Um, so, between them two, they used to fill up the left in the middle of the pitch. And I'd just kind of sit there and then let them get on with it. But, yeah, Nose, just for the, the ability and the quality. And, yeah. again, the career he's gone on to have, he's just obviously speaks for itself. He's still playing again at a Premier League club week in, week out. His boyhood club where he's been for years and years. So he has literally lived the dream. But again, which fits in with my team, he was a great lad. Um, we had some very good times on and off the pitch. It was a little bit different back then when we were coming through. We was only 19, 20, uh, yeah, 19 at the time. So we had a good little group that went out for the odd coffee and that, you know. But yeah, um, yeah, no, um, yeah and obviously I, I had to fit him in. Uh, he didn't quite make the middle, as you'll see why in a minute, but he will. Um, he can do that role. Maybe not now, but back in the day when I played with him, he could certainly do that role. Yeah, because I was going to ask, like, I'm a big fan of him, to be honest. I think he's like, a really underrated player. Like, I'm, you know, obviously he gets probably labelled as just a steady Eddie and stuff, but I remember watching him, like, when I was younger, like, obviously I'm trying to become a professional I was probably a YT at the time, and he was like probably like a you know a young pro. And I remember watching him for like England's under twenty ones and stuff. I'm pretty sure he was captain and stuff like that. And I always really liked him. I always just thought he was a real, real good player. And, and it surprised me that you know he never really got a chance for England. Uh, you know, maybe not like in recent times, but when he was younger, like he never. You, know, you think of some of the players that have got caps. I, I'm pretty surprised that he, he never got a chance. Yeah, like I say, I think he, I think he's underrated. Yeah, again, a player I grew up with, throwing the England card, I played with him 16s, 17s, 19s, 21s, was in squads with him, and he was always captain, um, he was always the main man, up until probably 21s, when obviously it all changes, but up until then, we were in the same squads, he was always the main man. Yeah, But yeah, I, I do think he deserved an England cap, not that I'm ever saying you should, because me and you have had this discussion, you should never just give someone an England cap for the sake of it, but I think no. when you look at some of the players that have had one compared to the careers and performances and consistencies put over the years, I think yeah, exactly. he has deserved one at some point, not now, um, I, yeah. I'm not saying he should be anywhere near an England squad now. But no, 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 neither would I. Over, over the years, uh, at some point he has been deserving of a call up at least. Yeah, exactly. Right, moving on to the centre midfielders then. Um, I'm going to go another Leeds link because I've not had a Leeds player for a couple, so I'm going to put one in. But I actually was more a fan of his. I grew up watching him at Leeds. Um, I knew him from Leeds, played him at Leeds. Um, but what I real kind of sat up and took notice of how good he was was at Cardiff. Um, so that's Stephen McPhail. Okay, uh, yeah. See, now I, I wanted to ask about him because as soon as I saw your team, he was the one name for me that stuck out because I used to love him. Like, I remember watching him 
Uh, he would be if you said pick me one player. He would be the player I would pick for you because he would. You know, <laughs> he would. He would shout at you if you cleared a ball. You could be in your six-yard box with three players around you, and if you just kicked it away, he'd shout at you for not keeping the ball. But uh, he, he could do it. He could keep a ball in a phone box. He was uh, that. Mate, good. I um, yeah. I used to love watching him, mate. Like, I really, really like this. It was sort of like the era of like when he was, you know, like the Premier League when I was really watching football, literally like left, right and yeah. centre and like was obsessed with it. And it was like the David O'Leary team of, you know, your Bowyers, Woodgate, like that that team. I remember him scoring a goal at Stamford Bridge once and beating Chelsea. I think he beat Chelsea, you'll probably remember it. And I just remember he was one player that I, yeah, I used to, yeah, I really, really, really liked him. So, you know, you, you said that you then went on to play with him at Cardiff, yeah? Yeah, I played Saint. I went online to Cardiff. I went online to everywhere, but I went online to Cardiff for like four months and played with him. And he was, I think, he was loved there. But he's honestly, he was just an absolute joke. His left foot was—he could open a tin of beans with his left foot. Yeah, not the most, not the quickest. Probably not the most in today's terms mobile. That word that everyone likes to use. Um, yeah. He got around the pitch without without. Issue, but again, his his left foot and his delivery, his passing, his composure, and again, he would if you cleared a ball or hooked a ball on, you were getting you were getting shouted at in his Irish accent. To keep <laughs> so he's the player's player. Yeah, but he was again, he was just an absolute diamond of a guy. Obviously, he half he knew me half knew me from Leeds because he still yeah. spoke Kells and that. So when I moved to Cardiff. He kind of half looked after me, made sure I was all right. He always spoke to me at the training ground and just being able to watch him in training day in, day out and in games. He was he was probably a player that would, again, that word underrated because yeah. he didn't score a lot of goals. No. He didn't do loads of tricks. But when you watch him and as a player, yeah, he was a player's player. You watched him, you'd think, wow, this, this guy's got some ability and he gets in just to prove, provide a little bit of balance in my midfield. But... Again, I could, I could have picked anyone, but he'll get in just not only for being a top, top player, but a top, top person as well. Fantastic. Right, who partners him in midfield? I was surprised by this one. I was surprised by this one. He doesn't get in for being a top person. I know he's a nice enough geezer in the end. He, 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 was, <laughs> he could be a bit of an egg. Um, but yeah, he came on loan to Charlton um, from Arsenal when we were in the Premier League. And his quality, his ability, his passing, everything was a joke. So Alex Song plays next Alex to him. Alex Song, OK. Um, he took my place. Um, I got sent out on loan eventually because we signed him, which was fair enough. It was a decent enough signing. <laughs> um, he went on to play for Barcelona and all that. So, yeah, someone spotted him. But yeah, he just, he, I think he played maybe a couple of games and cup games for Arsenal or whatever, but I don't think he was in and around the first team that regular. And he just came in and he nearly kept us up single-handedly. I mean, we had a poor team that year, the year we got yeah. relegated from Premier League. But he came in and some of his passing, like his assists were a joke and, Another one who he weren't the biggest, but he was the strong one of the strongest players I've ever yeah. played with. Like you could yeah. not get the ball off him. He had this thing that he would just stand on the ball, and you'd think, "I'll oh, get that." No, no chance. You were getting forearmed off, and he was yeah. out of there. But just it's, he did stuff in training. Like he did have a trick and an outside the hook pass without looking, and he'd do something. You'd go, "Wow, how have you done that?" <laughs> but yeah, just for his pure ability um, and the player. Basically, the quality he had as a player, he gets in my team. He, he's probably the best midfielder I, I, I've seen live. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, of course. Well, listen, at the end of the day, you've gone on to play for Barcelona. I don't, not many people have probably played for Charlton and then gone on to play for <laughs> Barcelona. Do you know what I mean? So no. uh, I think that's that says it all, really. And to be fair, I even obviously Charlton, the club that's close to you know where my my family are from and stuff. And I remember everyone sort of talking about you know a lot of my mates are Charlton fans and stuff. And I remember everyone talking about him at the time, saying like you know like literally how good he was when he came on loan. So. Yeah, can see why that can see why he's in there, mate. No problem with that. Right hand side. Right hand side. I've gone for an old mate Leeds connection, but I think is very worthy of this position. Um, again, he was an England international. Yeah, he's still having a half decent Premier League career. So I've gone for Aaron Lennon as my right cool. winger to give me the pace and directness. Um, I grew up with Aaron. We we played in the same Leeds youth teams from nine, ten years old. Um, it was always me against him, one v ones and everything, and he, he could beat anyone. Uh, his pace and his trickery. It was he was one. He was the player in the country when we were growing up. Everyone knew who Aaron Lennon was. You'd go to your tournaments, the Nike tournament, England trips, everything. Everyone knew who who Aaron was. And then obviously to go on and play for Leeds at sixteen. Got sold um, for a little story. We were both both signed for Tottenham at the same time. I didn't want to go to Tottenham, so I didn't go to Tottenham. He did go to Tottenham. Um, obviously, had a hell of a career there. They still love him. Um, I saw a video the other day of them clapping him when he was warming up for Burnley, singing his name. So that shows you how, how high they hold him. And obviously, he's played however many games for England. Um, yeah. But just for... His pace and his directness. He just wanted the ball to beat someone. He didn't want it to pass, to come back, to give it to a full-back. You give him the ball, you knew what he was doing or what he was going to do. And nine times out of ten, he'd, he'd come up with a cross or a shot because that's all he wanted to do. And as a winger, especially now from my side of view, coming as a coach and a manager, the worst thing your winger can do is keep coming back and giving it to a full-back yeah. or whatever. Yeah. When, we, when you gave Aaron Lennon the ball, you knew he was going straight at the full-back and something could happen. So, For that reason and for the fact that I grew up with him and I've known him for years um, and he's overcome some troubles in recent times that obviously we don't all know the insides and outs, but for his ability and his quality and for him being an old mate and for having the career he's had. He, he plays on the right for me, but it was close because, again, I, I've played with some... I need some pace, but I've played with some quick, quick players. Again, Dennis Romadal, um, who played for Charlton, was the quickest thing I've ever seen. Lightning, he was. Yeah. <laughs> players like that, Jerome Thomas, players like Paul Gallagher nearly got in there. He's different to Aaron, but Paul Gallagher from Plymouth, he's, again... But, now nah, I've gone with Aaron just for his pace and directness in, in a pretty steady midfield. Yeah, no, no problem. And like I say, hell of a career. I'd be interested to know how many times he played for England because, you know, he, he would have played a hell of a lot. One thing I was going to ask about him, Lennon, there, I know you said from like your manager's point, like, you know, with your manager's head on, you know, wingers who get out of people like that. He probably came through in the right sort of generation, though. Now you sort of like, he was an old fashioned winger, if you like, wasn't he, really? Like, now, if he was to come through nowadays, obviously, look, I'm not saying he, would, he wouldn't necessarily struggle. That's not the word, what I'm looking for. That's not the right word. but in terms of like, he might have to just adapt his game slightly because you know he's not going to be necessarily able to get the ball out of his feet and whip it into two big lumps in the box, you know, which no. I'm sure a lot of his career, he probably that was probably what he based his game on, you know. So yeah, how do you feel like he? Obviously, you from what you're saying, yeah, he was a fantastic talent and he would have been able to to adapt his game. But like I say, other than for the boredom, another reason why I'm doing this and people 
probably be bored of if they watch them all of uh, me keep saying it. But it's uh, you know for our younger viewers to think like, how, how how do you reckon he would have been able to adapt his game? See, I think nowadays Aaron would be what you call everyone. Most teams play a four-three-three, some type of it. It's four-two-three-one, four-three-three, whatever. He'd have been on the right or the left of a front three. He would never have played midfield because he no. could be lazy at times. He will admit he would have played in a front three anywhere across. Um, he wasn't when you say crosser. He wasn't a his technique to cross the ball wasn't always the best. What he was no, very, I was very say, good. I was going to say that. <laughs> He'd get to the byline and pick people out. It'd be a cutback or it'd be a pass across the face of the goal. But because he was so quick, he'd beat you 1v1. He Very rarely would he stand and try and whip it round the back four because that weren't his game. But his no. end product was getting to the byline. He loved the little one. The amount of goals he's probably set up is you'll see him. Get to the byline, the little dink. That's, yeah, that was bits, yeah. When I see, when I think of Aaron, I see him beating someone, looking like he's going to run it out of play. He doesn't go out of play because he's yeah, so. Yeah, you see his little legs just going. And he'll stand it up. He'll, that's what he was brilliant at, and the amount of goals he's created doing that. So I think, again, you'd have to play him in the front three because you could not play him in midfield with any no. real defensive duties. Um, and I don't know. I, I still think, and he'd probably be good for like an Alexander Arnold because Aaron could drift inside. Yeah, I'm using Alex Arnold because he's what yeah. everyone uses modern day football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so he he did drift inside and he he would feed a fullback. But I think now everything's just you, every I don't know. You see one team doing it and that's the way to do it. Yeah, that's exactly. it. Everyone they're doing it, so let's all do it. And I I don't think that's the way to go. I won't bore people with my own no. football philosophy. But at no. the end of the day, you've got you've got to work with the tools that you're given. And I think if you let a player like that do what he's good at, then they're going to be of a lot more benefit than try to make them do something that they can't do. Yeah, exactly. Right, perfect. Good stuff. Up to where it matters now, front two. The easiest decision <laughs> I had to make, mate. You've heard me speak about these two, well, especially one a million times, and I still say he's the best player that I've played with. Um, he played for Leeds. I was lucky. I have name dropped him a little bit because I was only lucky to play in that like, couple of games, but I trained with him and I watched him growing up. But I have played with him, so he does count. Yeah. Nice, um, and he's probably one of the only ones who had a, made my head look tiny because he had the biggest head in football. Just me, um, just me and Viduka then, yeah. Yeah, I got <laughs> Mark, Mark Viduka. What a player! And again, funnily enough, I was watching Premier League years or whatever it was yesterday, and the game where he tore Liverpool a new one by himself was on. Mm. And that's the best individual performance I've ever witnessed. Oh, Agu was Agu was a little lift. It was the keeper. It was a, just lifted over him, didn't it? Do that, whoever one of them. But honestly, he was. Just the most, it came natural to him. He didn't have to work. He wasn't, he didn't, he wasn't a James Milner. When training, he just came naturally. He could, yeah. he wrapped a ball into him wherever it was, it stuck. He didn't, he worked hard in training, don't get me wrong, but he wasn't, he wasn't the most, um, what's the word I'm trying to use without being disrespectful? He wasn't the most, he didn't have the best work ethic, shall we say, yeah. when it came to other stuff. But with regards to his ability as a centre forward and his finishing, he was a joke, mate, honestly. Like, he, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't run channels, that weren't for him. But you put the ball anywhere near him, you could have anyone defending against him, you weren't getting it off him. It would yeah. stick. He had old school World Cups on, 
he was just a big old school centre forward with well, a, old school with fashion me. number nine. Yeah. See, I was going to ask but, about that as well. That's another because I found it. Obviously, I've been doing a bit of coaching myself now, um, where I've stopped playing like full time and stuff, and you know other other avenues I'm looking to go down and stuff. And I find it like when I'm when I'm out and I know you do a bit of scouting yourself and stuff, and you're watching a lot of games. You know, youngsters coming through and stuff. I I think like, it's almost like a real. It's, they're a real rare breed now. Like it seems like that being an old fashioned, not old fashioned, but being a number nine is 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 unfashionable. Like I, I go to the watch games now and you know look around at all the players coming through and everyone wants to be a number ten or a number eight or a wire player or whatever yeah. whatever it is you know. But you don't you don't seem to see anyone who wants to just be like an old old school number nine really. You don't see them out there, do you? No, you don't. But again, one thing I say in the philosophy that I do use is you are a team is only as good as your centre forward. Yeah. You can, yeah. I don't I don't care and not don't care, but the rest of the players you are only as good as your centre forward because you he builds play and won't go down that avenue, but he's he needs no, to be on point constantly or else you get nowhere. And he was every game you could rely on him to hold a ball up and you knew if you put a ball in the box or he got a chance, he would finish it. He looked, he was big, he was old school, but he had the touch. And it, like I say, he had a little dink, he had a little Cruyff, he had a little flick. He had, his feet were a joke. For such a big geezer with size 12 And he was a big lad as well, wasn't he? He was huge, mate. He was not just like height-wise, but width. Like, he weren't fat. He was not fat at all no. when, he when he saw him. He, I mean, you weren't allowed to be. You're not allowed to be fat as a Premier League footballer. But he was, you looked at him, you're like, wow. And he just, but he had the delicacy to have a little Cruyff, have a little flick. He, he had quick feet and he was just, honestly, some of the things he used to do was a joke. But again, he was a typical laid-back Aussie. Um, he was the nicest guy ever. He just, he'd say good morning to everyone. He'd come in the youth team dressing room when we were in the youth team and take the really, mick yeah. out. You know, he was just a nice, real nice guy. Top um, player. And we had, we had no we had another Australian at the time. He was a total opposite. But um, yeah, the <laughs> uh, Dukes was just... He was just a legend, mate, and Leeds fans still love him. And again, he's probably one who, due to the circumstances that Leeds and that, didn't really get the credit and go on to have the certain other high-profile Premier League career that he could have. I saw a quote the other day from Alan Shearer. Someone put it on, it might be an Instagram, talking about Viduka, funnily enough, saying they didn't realise how good he was until he saw him. Yeah. at Newcastle so to come from Alan Shearer someone saying that saying he's one of the best he's seen so for yeah. someone like that to say it just pretty much sums it up but honestly again that word he was so underrated and he just he didn't have the prolonged sort of high profile career that he should have really due to circumstances and what went on at Leeds yeah no I called like you say there I think that says it all didn't it someone like Shearer <clears throat> someone like Shearer um, saying you know how good he thought he was because now, in terms of your number nine, Shearer is probably the best one about. So, no, no problem with that. Who's going to partner him up there? So, I've gone for, again, manager's head on. I've gone for a little bit um, of opposites. You've, yeah. got to have to, you've got to have opposites in your front two. It's no yeah. good at having two um, target men. I can never turn them. Um, but I've gone for a player who you would not see for 89 minutes, literally not see, and would pop up with a goal out of literally nothing. Um Again, I played with him at Charlton and was lucky enough to play with him a couple of times in England and the 21 squads or whatever it was. Um, and I've gone for Darren Bent. Um, he played cool. in a shocking team. Not a shocking team, that sounds disrespectful. A poor team in the Premier League. And I think he still finished second or third top goal scorer that season because yeah. literally 
you would play in a game where you'd be getting battered and Bentley would just he'd chase a clearance and get a toe poke out of nowhere. He's got yeah. good goals, don't get me wrong, but I think if you asked him and watched his goals, he's got a lot of his goals with a little ones, the good goals that strikers score, you know, the ones that scuff across yeah. keepers right yeah. to the far corner or the little, t- he was unbelievable at them. Yeah. And again, his attitude, he would work and work and work and work. And he didn't do anything special. You just used to watch him after training, just smashing balls in the net. Yeah. Uh, he'd just do finishing. There was no real like special coaching or special drills. He would just literally stand there, play into someone, set him, shoot, set him, shoot. Just had and it. Just good habits. And again, his attitude and his enthusiasm for the game as me yeah. being a young player coming into the Premier League for the first time. And he, he's not that much older than me. I was like, yeah, this, this, this guy's got a bit. And to say, he just scored goals out of nothing. And again, yeah. for a career that he had since and scoring goals, I think he played for, he played for England first team, I'm sure he yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think just, and for him to partner the Dukes, that would have been one hell of a, a front. That would have been, a, yeah, like I say, they complement each other well. You definitely, definitely... Uh... Yeah, you put more thought into that than your midfield for, ain't you really, in terms of the shape? No, 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 fine. They're, they're game intelligence, that midfield yeah. force, Frank. No, you Just know what? <laughs> you let Lenny down the right wing, they'll be all right. Just let them fill gaps. No, you know what? To be fair as well, like, the Darren Brent one, what you're talking about, that little spell at Charlton there, like, obviously, I was an academy player at Charlton at the time, coming through a real, you know, young, young, young boy. And I used to have to go and watch most of the games, really. And uh, no, like you say, that team was probably, you know, a pretty average team. And yeah, he used to literally score goals for fun. And to be honest, I've done my UEFA B with him. In, so I've got bones to with him, actually. Hopefully, you never know, he might tune into it, hopefully. <laughs> uh, I, I've done my UEFA B with him in the summer. And I didn't realise how much of a big boy he was. He's a, like, you know, he's, he's a stocky lad, isn't he? He might be now. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I, can't, I can't say anything, Rubens. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to say reason The reason I say it was is because I... He actually hurt my collarbone during one of our training sessions. and uh, I never got a text or a call to sit see how I was I think I've been watching him and seen the championship afterwards. I think he adapted his game a little bit. I think he adapted his game to be a little bit better with his back to goal. So I think yeah. he probably did bulk up a little bit last year. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. It surprised me seeing him, like, obviously we'd be coaching together on, on the UEFA yeah. and stuff. And yeah, like, he was a big boy. Big boy. Bear in mind, how, how am I talking now? Ooh. 13 years ago so even yeah. I was skinny 13 years ago <laughs> <laughs> right that's good that's all good so that's your 11 listen mate that's a fantastic uh, 11 there was a couple that you were that you said that you were close to missing out I think you mentioned a couple of them. the ones I do want to ask about though uh, or the two or, the two or three I want to ask about one in particular who's a real favourite player of mine was Tom Adelson yeah Tom good was player. just a player I played with growing up through the England age groups. Uh, never played with at club level, but again, just for his his passing range. I mean, nice. He could not. He couldn't run, could he? He couldn't run. No, he, he couldn't. He, I mean, he, I, I always feel bad when people go, "He can't run. He can't run." Everyone could run. Everyone could yeah, run. He wasn't quick and agile, and no. his stats with all these vests on now probably wouldn't yeah. be what most midfield players are now. No. No. He, didn't, he didn't need to. I think his thing and what you used to speak to him, he, he didn't need to. If you could pass a ball like him and keep the ball moving like him, he didn't need to run that much. No, of course. For me, like I said, like just I just remember, I, I still think, listen, obviously you've got you know, people like Lampard, Scholes, Gerrard, those great strikers of, uh, of a ball. But for me, in terms of ball striking, like 
I think he's probably up there. Like I remember just seeing like slow motion videos of him like smashing. But you know when the ball just stays still and it's just literally like I've, I've just haven't seen. I, I, I'll put him up there probably. You know, top two or three that I've seen. Even when we were away, like doing training, you're doing standard passengers. He'd never just side foot something in. It had to have like a little bit of drilled yeah. with your laces. <laughs> and he just, you know, just like it looks so easy for him. And then we're dragging him all over the place. But he's, he's striking of a ball and it was just his composure as well. I mean, it's, it's an underrated skill, composure. He'd never, yeah. even when he was under pressure, his first touch just to pop it off to a full back yeah. or whatever, he just. Having seen him, only that said, I only played with him at England age group for once, twice yeah. a season at best. But he yeah. was, he just and playing again. I made my debut against him when he was at Derby. I was at Leeds, so that was that was um, that was funny. But yeah, he was. Um, he would have been. He makes a subs bench as well. I think. Yeah, for me as well. I don't know if you find it yourself as well. Like I know you do a bit of coaching and scout and stuff, and probably in similar positions in terms of that, we do a bit of both. For, for me as well, like I, I find, and I know, uh, you know, at the academy I coach at and stuff, like, for me now, it's almost like you get a lot of these boys coming through, especially sort of from the London area, they seem to be, like, real good, like, you know, like cage footballers, they can go past people, they can nutmeg people, step overs and all that, but for me, I don't know if maybe I was, the, it was my generation was the sort of last one who, who, you know, it seemed to be more important. Like, I'd rather, I'd sooner be smashing a ball like, over the park or something like that. And I, I, still, yeah. I feel like when I'm watching the young, young players come through now, like a lot of them, they not necessarily struggle, that's probably the wrong word, but with, you don't see uh, many of them who've got a real good strike of a ball, you know what I mean? Like ball striking, it seems to be going, going out of fashion as well. Yeah, I know. This is something that we've spoke about at the club that I work at. I think just it's a generation thing, like you said, like nowadays. Yeah, that's what I mean. yeah. Kids go playing cages and want to make people and want to do tricks and whenever you beat someone, everyone cheers. When we were kids, or when I was, used to go with a couple of your mates, see how I could stand yeah. away from each other and zing a ball to each other. Exactly, or you'd, yeah. play heads, or you'd play heads and volleys where you got clipped in and you had to score a volley from that 20, 30 yards out, so your technique had to be good. I think it's just, it's, it's changed. Football has yeah. changed, there's no doubt, there's no getting away from it. I mean, it's not changed. You've still got to score in one goal and keep it out the other. But with regards course, to everything yeah. in between, football has, football has changed. And yeah. the principles are still the same, but everything around it, everything that people look for now, I think is it's the priorities of, of, of what you look for in a player now are probably different to what it was when me and you were getting picked for academies or yeah, getting signed. I think I, I I do think it's changed, which it does. Don't get me wrong. Life, yeah. everything changes. Right, I'm too deep. Yeah. Nothing, if it's nothing stands still, everything evolves. But I just think with regards to that old school, like you say, proper technique, like stand yeah. there and half volley a pass out. Yeah, there ain't many about. There ain't many no. about at all. Yeah, and um, no, I just think for me, just obviously where I do a bit of coaching and stuff like. I think it's a bit of a shame and I think it's something we've got to try and maybe get back in because you know there's not, nothing beats seeing someone strike a ball like you know, really go through the ball properly right a few when questions was... to finish off go, go, on, on, go, go on go 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 right. now I was going to say but when was the last time you watched the session remember what we used to do you used to stand 20 yards apart and the coach would go right just clip a ball to each other do this do that that don't well, happen now it's it, not, well, to be honest, to be honest like, that's, what I, that's what I was saying like when I, when I have actually been taking session stuff I actually do get them to do it and you know you've you almost feel like a bit of a fool because if someone's coming along and watching, go, 
what's his coach doing? Like, he's just getting a, but you know, like, I mean, I don't, I personally don't see what's wrong with that. So, it's long you know, ball now, isn't it? It's long ball, apparently. Yeah, if, you, exactly. if, if you kick a ball into a centre forward's chest from a centre half, that's long ball, so you're not allowed to do it anymore. <laughs> well, listen, it's, not, it's not like, it's not, it's not like me to go against the grain anyway, is it really? So, <laughs> <laughs> right, a couple of questions to finish off, Walt. Um, just quickly, yeah, literally a couple of questions, just like I said, for the younger viewers, I want, really want to try and aim this at people just so they can listen to sort of, you know, older pros who have been there and done that. You put, played at pretty much pretty much every level you could, especially as a kid growing up. And then now, obviously, you're playing, non, you're playing non-league. Now, you played at pretty much every level, like I say. What, what, what would you say the big sort of the, the main difference is? What I try and tell these younger lads uh, who are coaching or who are mentoring or whatever, I try and tell them that the margins are actually smaller than you think. You know, you, you've obviously, bit high, you know, you'll be able to highlight even more than me because you've played higher level than me. In terms of the margins, they are smaller than what you think. Is for me, it's more how people behave off the pitch. Would you agree, or yeah. what would you? Yeah. How would you answer that? The main difference that I would say, especially nowadays, is not technically. It's more mentally. It's game yeah. awareness. It's being clever to fill in positions. It's understanding the game, understanding tactics. Because it's not just four four two go out and play now. There's all sorts that goes in tactics boards all this it's being able to understand your role in a team being able to take on information from a coach which way you've got to show a centre forward onto the press and all this stuff you've yeah. got to be able to take on information now it's not right there's a ball go and show me how good you are although yeah. that obviously does come into it but when you're playing in a high level team in a Premier League Championship whatever it is if you don't do your job from a mental point of view out of position uh, out of possession sorry you don't, you don't make it anymore. I look, I'm, I'm going to go there. I'm a Leeds fan, massive Leeds fan. Watch him, love Bielsa, read a lot of what he does. It, a lot of their coaching and uh, training is mental. It's all on what they've got to do for the team. It's repetition. So it's not going, right, let's have three teams of six, little small-sided games, showing how good you are. That's not yeah. at the high level. That's not how they do anymore. It's all about being able to understand your role in the team and being able to put that into practice. Don't get me wrong, you've got to be a good player, obviously, but yeah. a lot of it now, what you're looking for and what we're looking for when we go out is being able to play your role in the team. Yeah. Particularly that the older you get, because it is, although it's not a result results-driven business as a youngster, you'd be surprised, and I'm sure you back me up, how it kind of is still. It kind yeah. of results do get looked at still. Yeah. Um, so you've got you've got to understand you've got to be a winner. You have got to be a winner. You've got to have winning habits on and off the pitch. Um, I wouldn't say players are robots now, but it's certainly not what we were like going out of the youth team on a Tuesday night or whatever, like you yeah. used to do, which was the norm. It weren't us being wrong-uns. Yeah. It was just a norm. That it yeah. wasn't. Look, if you had a day off the next day, you went out mm-hmm. um, some of the times. But now you've just you have got to be. It's not a four or five day a week at the training ground. It is a 24-7 at home when you're yeah. out. When it, that's yeah. what it is. That's what high-level, top-level football is now. And, and, that, and that's why, to be fair, that's why I try and explain to these boys that, the, for me, the margins are almost smaller in a way because if you are, you know, it's tough to dedicate yourself like that. If you, but if you are capable of doing it, it's almost mm. e- easier now because the ones you know, who, who are just maverick types are just turn up and play football. They're going to struggle yeah. even more so now because the game's become so much more about it. So no, I'm really pleased that, obviously... You agree with me on that side of it, and hopefully, I'll get a few of my uh, little youngsters to uh, listen to that one because, you know, like I say, yeah. I'll find, I'll, I'm trying to drill it into them every day. You know, I think the thing is, there's that many tools out there now that you can have everything you need to make it. 
Don't get me wrong, you've got to be given a chance with regards to a club taking a chance on you. But individually and personally, those tools and all the advice and research and being able to look up things, to have everything in front of you that you need to make it now, don't get me wrong, if you ain't good enough, you ain't going to make it. That's just a harsh reality of football. But there's no reason why you can't be because you have got every tool and research point out there now to do what needs to be done. Yeah, exactly, mate. Right, next one, uh, last couple. Life after football for you. Um, I know you've had the taste of management. You've got thrust upon you, shall we say, at uh, Maidstone there. Um, and I remember speaking to you at the time and stuff, and, you know, you wasn't, it, you know, obviously you were still playing and stuff, so you're probably more keen on, on just the playing side of it. But, yeah, life after football for you. Uh, management, not management, something else? What, 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 what do you, what, how do you see it looking for yourself? Um, I want to coach. I certainly want to coach at the highest level. Um, I, I like coaching. I, I'm lucky that I get, I kind of, I'm allowed to do a lot of it at the club I'm at at the minute. Um, at Haven, um, obviously there's a team there, but I've been able to kind of improve on it, hopefully, throughout the season. Yeah. Um, I've only done it for the last 18 months. Um, it's something that I've always considered but never really gone that deep into, obviously doing my badges, etc. but you never... You never, when you're still playing, you never really think about it that much. Um, but the last 18 months, I've done a lot of it. I've enjoyed it. Um, I've had good, bad and indifferent experiences, which is what you need to have to be able to make it. Um, with regards to management, one day, yeah, hopefully, maybe. But I want to coach. I want to stay in football, but I want to coach at the highest level. I don't. I want to go to the top if I'm a coach in the Premier League that's fine with regards to management if that happens it happens but yeah. um, I want to I, I just want to stay in football at the highest level I want to coach you know, I don't want to become one of these coaches who tries to be like everybody else um, yeah. I'm, you know me I'm my own person don't get me wrong you've got to move through the times but I, I want to be at a place where I can do it my own way and luckily it's kind of going that way at the minute so hopefully fingers crossed um, what am I? 30, nearly 30, 33. So, yeah, it's, it's getting to that time, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, um, you, you, you mentioned uh, you mentioned haven't there. Yeah. It's, it's the only reason I ain't been invited down to play for you is because like, you and Keds have took all the XL shorts up, yeah? <laughs> hey, mate. You should take it. You've got no shorts that can fit me down there, though. Hey, mate, after this and lockdown, I'll be on small and mediums. Don't you worry, I've got no food in. Right, last one. Um, when are we going to redo Dublin? <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you want, mate. Whenever you want. I haven't been, like, normally I've spaced out. I went in, when did I go? April last year. I went in April last year. So it's nearly been a year and I never leave it that long. So I'm overdue a trip. So when we get out of this lockdown and they let us out of the country, we'll do it, mate. To be fair, we probably have we probably have better, a better time in Gatwick than we did in uh, on the way back than we did in Dublin. <laughs> we took more in Gatwick Airport when we landed than we did when we were out there. Oh, we're the only, the only two people who can find a bar open at nine o'clock on a Sunday morning. <laughs> oh mate, what a trip! What a trip! Right, Waltz, thanks so much for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. Um, like I say, take care, mate. Hope the boredom don't get the better the better of you. If it does, then we'll come back on and talk about St. Kilts if it's longer than it uh, has been planned. I'll pick my reserve team if we go on any longer, mate. <laughs> Perfect, mate. Right, Wolves, take care, yeah? See you later. Uh, all the best, mate.